The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? all subjective um the wife has been making the coffee all week which is probably contributing to the loss of mojo on my part anyway good morning folks it's great to have you here my people of earth today is uh july 14th it's a thursday i think i have that correct today yesterday i was calling it january that's how bad my loss of mojo has been uh, calling it January in the middle of July. Anyway, great to have you here. Uh, this could be one for the books today. Uh, lots of confusion around today. I see my guest, who's not supposed to be here until 10 a.m. on my time. Uh, it's already, in, he, and he was in the back end um, when I signed on this morning. So, <laughs> And then my guest co-host, as you know, Kiera is on sabbatical which may turn into a uh permanent sabbatical and uh so we are trying out guest hosts this week and today is the first guest host that i have actually never met and don't know all that much about everybody else who is going to be trying their hand at guest hosting cat of course was fantastic on monday william was great uh yesterday naomi not so great on Tuesday, if I'm being honest. Um, but today we have Keely Wolf, a comedian from uh, Gilbert, Arizona. And I can tell you this, um, some of my aspiring comedian friends really should take note of the ambition and energy and dedication she's putting into uh, starting her career in comedy. That's all I'm going to say about that for now, but... Uh, hopefully, when the chat room fills up in just a bit, uh, we'll I'll I'll re readdress that. Um, I did want to talk about a couple of things before we get started this morning. Twitter is down. Twitter is down, and uh, how that's going to affect this show should be interesting to see because a lot of um, well, maybe it's starting to come back now. Twitter is back now. Well, look at that. I'm going to share the show over there. It was down for uh, about an hour, and I that definitely affects uh, or is part of where, a huge part of where uh, our audience comes from, as people who have found us on Twitter. So, um think that probably is a big, a big source of our traffic. Uh, believe it or not, is Twitter. And it was down this morning. Now, I have to say this. I have mixed feelings about Twitter possibly going down because I think the world could use a break from Twitter. I really do. All the nonsense and, and fighting and bickering that goes on over there, sometimes the 
really, really negative stuff and people arguing all the time, perhaps it going down would be a good thing, although it's back up now, so I guess the point is moot. Um, and I was also thinking, you know, conspiratorial-minded, you know, all this, I think today was the day they, uh, the board of Twitter was supposed to meet to discuss um, Musk pulling out. <laughs> Could that be part of it? Maybe somebody hacked them. Maybe somebody's messing with them. Maybe people over there at True Social are, are fucking with them. Who knows? Anyway, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, first of all, uh, the if you remember 12 days ago now, 12 days ago, uh, 14 days ago, I'm sorry, 14 days ago, I started to talk about this story out of Ohio where a 10-year-old girl was uh, raped and impregnated. Uh, she was six weeks and three days pregnant, and the state of Ohio refused to let her have an abortion. She went to Indianapolis uh, to have the abortion done. The abortion doctor there called the Indianapolis Star and told them about the story, and that was it. 30-second phone call, and it spread like wildfire. And everybody was all over it on the Internet. And I was one of the first people who questioned it and said, before we go actually uh, just spreading this around and reacting to it, maybe we should make sure it actually happened. And weeks went by, two weeks before yesterday, uh, it was actually confirmed that it's a true story. And now... The reaction has been, oh, how you, how dare you even question it? You were, you were putting down, you know, you know, degrading this poor girl. Nobody was degrading the poor girl. When you have something that happens like that, and there's only one source, one, one source called a newspaper and said, hey, this story happened. You have to verify it, especially when it's a political hot potato like that, or something that is so current in the news and people wanting to jump all over it. Okay, so that happened. People are reacting to it now and ascribing the worst motives to anybody who said, let's make sure this really happened before we react to it. Now, it's a terrible thing, obviously an awful thing. But I'm going to say this, and, and because I'm not... Not taking credit for it in any way or uh, it's important that that the story got further attention because nothing was being done to apprehend a a man who was raping ten year old girls okay so uh if, if not for the question of it, the guy would have never been caught he was caught. Last night, this is how we know it actually happened. He was caught and charged and confessed. And people were talking about the girl's right to privacy. And I appreciate that. A young girl has already been made a victim of a rape. And she's already been traumatized enough. You don't want to put her through having to deal with the legal system and justice and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing about this, and and I would love to get some commentary on on this from the chat room and, and discussion going on. Um, but my belief is her right to privacy ends where another little girl's right to not get raped begins. What do I mean by that? Well, if she doesn't report it and she doesn't get the, if she's not responsible for getting this guy locked up, 
then he's free to commit rapes of other 10-year-old girls. Now, how would you feel if you had a daughter, a 10-year-old daughter, and she got raped by this guy? And then you find out that the girl next door also got raped but didn't report it. I mean, that's a... So her, I'm in my view, her right to privacy ends where another little girl's right to not get raped begins. And uh, I think that's an important thing. So I, that's why it's really important to question that story and not just leave it hanging there on uh, one person's say-so. And I tried to, you know, because everything political is team players. I'm a, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, blah, 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 blah. you're a conservative or a liberal. And so the hatred comes out uh, and the the willingness to score political points off of something like this. See, you said it was fake, you were all evil. When it comes to using things for political purposes, both sides are equally nasty, corrupt, willing to ascribe the worst possible motives to anybody who questions their agenda. I'm not a big fan of... of political parties as most people who listen and watch this program know i uh, i just hate the idea of being team think we all have to think together we all have to you know have our thoughts and our platform laid out for us by the group individual thinking is what the, what i'm all about and is what all my programs are basically about think for yourself don't let the party think for you but in things like this, it's important to remember, and I know when we have a situation like the current Trump party, the Republican party that split in two and half of it is now the Trump party, it's hard to think both sides is Both sides are equally fucked up because that side is just so fucked up off the rails, crazy, cult-like, that it's hard to imagine that both sides of them exist. But I promise you, both sides are capable, have the capacity for the same lying, dirty bullshit. And, you know, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, both Epstein pals, both had a history of abusing women their whole lives. Both had a history of corrupt land deals, real estate deals, both have a history of, of misusing um, foundations, charitable foundations they set up that were supposedly for charity and bilking them. If you think they're that different, these guys, and, and Clinton was uh, not, he, he, he was a better politician than Trump, and by that I mean he knew when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but other than that, they really are twins, uh, you know, Siamese twins, separated at birth they're so alike in every corrupt fucking way so to think that oh on one party is only one party is uh, capable of being just lying dirty motherfuckers yeah you're not paying attention i'm sorry for the people on the left who hate me for saying that (laughs) 
Uh, I'm not sorry for the people on the right that hate me for saying that. I've been building that up for seven years since Donald Trump first came on the picture. But it's important to remember that when any, uh, any story like that comes out, you can't just allow one phone call by an activist to a newspaper to spread like wildfire without questioning it. And so now the proof has been offered and accepted. It's absolutely true. A 10-year-old girl was raped, impregnated, and she was probably nine because she just turned 10. She was, so six weeks in, she was probably nine when she was actually raped. Disgusting, terrible um, behavior. And it's absolutely true. And uh, let's face it, this, what the story came about the agenda behind it was to say the Ohio law was was total clusterfuck, and it is. The idea that six weeks is the absolute deadline that a woman has the right to uh, choose to terminate her pregnancy is draconian. And I'm not pro-abortion. I'm not. I am pro-choice. Which is, and and you can you can be pro-life and be pro-choice that it's a very personal um, decision for a woman to make, and each woman has the right to make that decision of her own and let her own conscience and her own beliefs deal with the consequences of it. Um, so, you know, it, 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 that's my belief on it. And I know there's a, you know, the religious right would crucify me for that at this point, for even saying that. Uh, they don't believe in abortion at all. I do believe that, you know what, it, it should be a woman's right. But this girl was six weeks and three days, and the state forbid her from getting an abortion because of those three days. A 10-year-old, she wasn't going to be able to carry full term anyway. Most most children who get raped and get impregnated can't carry full term anyway. She's going to have, she's going to go, it's probably, you know, a lot of 10-year-olds, they get raped, they get pregnant. They don't even know they're pregnant. And they go out and do what 10-year-olds do. They're riding bikes off of ramps and stuff. And they're not going to carry the full term. Even if they weren't doing any of those things, their young bodies are not made to carry a child um, to full term. I'm going to get off of that. But I just want to express that, you know, this, this idea that... Um, because somebody said, why are you? Why did you want this to not be true? I think, I will admit, I wanted that story to not be true. Anybody who's a decent human being should want that story to not be true. You should want it to not be true that a 10-year-old girl got raped. You should want that to be just somebody's sick imagination. You shouldn't want that to be actually true. The question I would have for those people, why do you feel so strongly that you wanted this to be true? So you can use it for political points. Shame, 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 shame. All right, I'm getting off of that. Uh, As I mentioned today, Uncle Walt will be with us uh, in a little bit. In a little bit. I know he's, he's backstage already, and nobody has ever come an hour and a half early before. Nobody has ever come that early. Uh, we have a guest show up a little bit early, and, we're, and I'm going to bring him on earlier than scheduled, but I'm going to wait for Keely to get here. Uh, generally, she w- I think she'll be here in about 15 minutes. Uh, I want to meet her first. I, 
meeting a guest co-host online, folks. So this could be a, a clusterfuck of a show. Uh, but I'm, I'm down for a clusterfuck, aren't you? Come on. We, we need a good clusterfuck once in a while. Um, today's show is brought to you by Truefire. Want to learn to play guitar? Well, there are a lot of ways you can learn to play guitar these days. And a lot of people go on YouTube and, uh, you know, Google how to play whatever song and take lessons that way. It's That's not the best way to learn guitar. The best way to learn guitar is with a dedicated teacher studying a course that's laid out for you. You can do it in your own time, but Truefire has some of the best practicing working guitar players in the world teaching method that uh, is tested and and has a uh, good foundation of all things, musical theory, all kinds of styles, all kinds of important fundamentals you need to know to be a well-rounded player. And they're extremely affordable. And you can pick your own teachers and, and uh, from a variety of different styles and courses that you want to learn. Great stuff. True fire. Check it out right now. Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire's style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations, and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Ah, yeah, True Pie. The link is in the description, folks, and uh, I highly recommend it. I would not lie to you. You know that. Um, looks like Twitter is really affecting our, our traffic here. We have uh, a very quiet chat room. I see Dean's in there. Good morning, Dean. Um, but generally, by this time, we'd have a full chat room. I think a lot of that is attributed to Twitter being down and me not being able to uh, post a show there this morning. Uh, whatever the reason, it does seem like a very slow morning in the chat room, which it's okay, it should pick up at, uh, in time. Anyway, um, 
Jordan Peterson, man, what a what a what a piece of work. Um, <laughs> here's a case of a guy who has let fame and I guess success go to his head like I've never seen uh, an example of it in my lifetime, where somebody who was plucked out of obscurity made into a I don't know, a leadership, uh, somebody that a certain group of people look up to and want to follow. And uh, basically, uh, he has gone from being an academic to uh, who, who wrote a book about basically young men's issues in the modern world to a guy who comments on everything, but gets extremely emotional, breaks down crying over everything, is so fucking self-absorbed, self-important, and melodramatic about every issue he talks about. So I watched a, uh, I couldn't help myself because the title grabbed me. It was, uh, Jordan Peterson has a word for Muslims. Whoa. He's going to address all Muslims and tell them how to get their shit right. Whoa, that's uh, that's some pretty heavy shit. I'm surprised YouTube even let that go fly in today's world. Uh, but so I'm listening to it, and he, of course, it's produced melodramatic, and he's angry at points, and he's ready to cry at other points, and he, he's all over with emotional wreck. And he's lecturing Muslims on taking the evil out of their heart. Whoa, this, you know. You know me. I I hate organized religion. I hate it with a passion. I think organized religion, people who, who need to go to somebody else to tell them right from wrong and how, tell them how to interpret scripture or the, any book, they're sheep. They're not thinking for themselves. So all of that. But singling out one in particular and calling it, not calling it evil, but telling them they ha- they're harnessing evil in their hearts. That's a pretty, it, it's xenophobic, it's um, it's bigoted, it's just plain bigoted. I mean, uh, you, uh, all, all the, you know, we got to separate the religions, the organized religions from the people who actually are part of it. Uh, and so if you're going to cast, I don't know how many, how many Muslims are in the world? Uh, probably a couple of billion <laughs> as uh, having evil in their heart. That's a pretty fucking bold thing to say. But again, and I'm, I'm expecting, because YouTube works this way, especially with, with these jack-offs. Peterson will put that video out, and then there's a whole bunch of pundits who make their living, literally make their living off of reacting to that and breaking it down for people. It's like people can't watch and and, and be, what the fuck, on their own. <laughs> they need somebody else to say what the fuck for them. Very weird, weird, weird world we live in. But so I'm expecting a avalanche of left, right, center. YouTube pundits coming out and really dissecting that. But I, I'll just tell you, you know, you, you don't really have to watch it. <laughs> don't waste your time watching it. But um, 
the the heart and core of it is that Muslims have to look in their own heart and and call out the evil in their own heart, which is again, I'm really surprised that YouTube let that fly in this world. If if let's say if he was saying that about Jews, you think YouTube would let that fly? If you say that about Christians, yeah, maybe maybe YouTube would let that fly. I think they treat. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Um, I was going to say, I, may, I think they treat Muslims and Christians pretty much the same. Uh, but I do think um, if, if he was saying that about Jews, we'd, we'd be starting World War III over it. Um, I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong about lots of things. And that's why I, we, we have interaction here. And that's why people are around to um, express their opinions and set me right where, where they think I'm wrong. Anyway, Keely Wolf will be with me about six minutes. Keely Wolf is somebody, she's our guest host for today. And shortly after she comes on, I'm just going to take a few minutes to get acquainted with her. And then we're going to bring on Uncle Walt. Uncle Walt is a, a comedian in his own right and a very funny guy. And uh, has a YouTube channel I'm going to be highlighting. Uh, it's where the funny is at, I think. Hold on, got to pull that up again. I don't have it at the moment. I'll get it, get it once he comes in. But um, so both of these comedians are people I have not met yet. I, I'm assuming Uncle Walt has been at it uh, longer than Keeley has. And I, this is something I'm going to want to talk about in relation to my friends <laughs> of Dykes and Man will be having a show today. I believe they have. Oh, do you hear that little high pitch in my voice? I'm I'm Jordan Peterson. Um, wow, that's really weird. Uh, I believe they'll be <laughs> be having an episode of Dykes and Man today. Jamie was uh, supposed to be administering it. Now, Jamie is not not used to being an administrator. I'm, I'm going to put it as politically correct as I can. Not used to being a, an administrator, so I'm not sure how it's going to fly, if the time zones are going to be correct, any of that stuff, if he's actually set the bucket up correctly. Who knows? Carl has been sick. I don't know why they're even bothering today. You know, with Carl having, possibly having pneumonia, just take the day off, dude. You're allowed to have a day off. You're allowed to call in sick when you have pneumonia, I think. But they might be having a show today. But Keeley's ambition, drive, and um, determination at, I believe she's only three months into her comedy career, which is impressive to see the level that, uh, of stuff she's putting out, staying up late, writing bits, committed to the craft of um, stand-up comedy, which I think is important is important for some people, younger people who are starting out in comedy, who just think, I'm just going to sit back and wait for opportunity to come knocking at my door. I'm going to take a um, an approach that life will happen, and if comedy happens in the meantime, that's okay, but I'm not really going to put be high energy or high effort into it. I'm going to wait for the mind dog <laughs> to tell me what to do. Maybe I'm not being so politically correct anymore. Anyway, I think she's got a, a lesson that 
um, that our young friends can can learn from. As far as drive, determination, commitment to the craft, because I'm gonna just gonna come out and say this: if you want to be in the entertainment business, in anything, if you're a musician, you're an actor, you're a comedian. You got to live it. You got to live it all day long, all night long. And that can be especially uh, trying on relationships that you have in your life. And I know it's cost me a wife and uh, and almost cost me my, my second wife. And it's cost me lots of relationships along the way. But if you're in this business, if you're in the business of, of entertaining people, and this is your craft. This is what you want to hone. This is what you want to perfect. This is what your your dream is. You got to put your life energy into it full force all the time. Always be thinking. Always be living it. Um, and uh, ba- basically give your life to it. And make it known, honestly, to everybody who comes into your life that this is what you are, this is what you do, and they won't have to be guessing about it after a very short time because you demonstrate it. Uh, Keely is here now. It looks like she got her stuff working. This is, this is going to be interesting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our guest co-host for today, uh, and comedian I've never met before, uh, Keely, Killer Keely out of Gilbert, Arizona is here. Good morning. Good morning. You sound good. You look good. Everything's working. We didn't have to test it. Look at that. Thank God. Sometimes uh, technology works. Thank yeah. God. So um, I, I was just talking about the example that I think you're setting. Now, I hope I even have the story correctly because it appears to me from what I know about you, and I, that's obviously very little, <laughs> that you've been in comedy for just three months. Is that Yeah. Right? I just wow. started three months ago. Um, comedy has been a passion for me since I was little. Um, it was always like I had to test the limits with everybody in my family. I had to see how they would react to just a simple prank or just a snide remark. I learned how to be a comic from a lot of the male family members. And I was like, you know, there should be a lot more female comedians in this world. Oh, no, I am definitely. Well, I think there are a lot, but I don't think they get enough credit, respect or opportunity. But I think there are, are a lot of, of uh, female comedians out there. And I do think mm-hmm. um, they, you know, we, we live in a world where it's never it's never an even playing field for for a lot of people. White white men yeah. get the first crack at everything, I think. And. Again, I'm going to piss off the people on the right, but that that's an absolute fact as far as I'm concerned. I'm 63 years old. I think I've been around enough to say white men get first crack at, at whatever's on the plate. <laughs> it's, it's pretty accurate, yeah. yeah. Um, I noticed that firsthand. Uh, I've been booked with a lot of different male bookers. They have like the same standpoint. I do appreciate that men are becoming less closed-minded about it and being more open to, hey, this next generation of comics might be bringing something new to the table that we never thought about. But I also have had the jealousy factor of the hate comment 
comments and then a lot of people just saying, oh, she's not funny. It's always like just these broad comments. There's nothing constructive. I'm like, you're not helping me be a better comic for you, but you can tell people what they aren't for you. Right, right, yeah. Uh, what I'm impressed with, uh, and I think this is a, a compliment, but it's also something that I hope you never lose. I hope it's not just because it's it, it, you just decided to do this and and it's it's new and exciting for you. But your drive and commitment seems to be absolutely uh, something that even people thirty years into it can learn from. That the amount of energy you three months. I'm looking at the content you put out in three months, and I'm, I know people have been doing it for a few years now who haven't come close to that. And so yeah. the the drive, commitment, and determination that you have is an important thing, and I think that will that will carry you a long way just on itself. And yeah. while you're honing the craft of of uh, of stand up comedy. Um, that just, that can sustain you for for a long time, and I hope you never lose that. So, congratulations on on just coming at it with that. Now, I appreciate I was, it. Thank you so much. I was just lecturing yeah. somebody who's in the chat room about oh, let's see, a com- comedian. No, uh, but about what? Because again, I think too many people when they come into it late in life or later in life after you're not a kid anymore. You yeah. start to have people in your life and relationships and business and you know, jobs and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's important that those entities, whoever comes into your life, knows that you're a comedian and that's your drive. That's what you want to do with your life. And, yeah. and, and other things are going to take a back seat to that. And it, yeah. at some point, they're not even. You don't even have to say that they're going to see it and react to it, and, and probably pull back. It will cost you relationships. It will cost you opportunities to make more money in in regular jobs. And I think that's the example that you you are putting forward. Uh, I think you really just have to go at life and be like, you know, at the end of the day, if everybody else has something to say. It doesn't really matter. I look at all the comments and I'm like, wow, thank you for like boosting my video. You're really showing the people that really actually love my comedy to see it. Right. So I feel like people are always like, I don't want that hate. I don't want that backlash. I'm like, if you don't have that, you're never going to be a comic. You're you're never going to be in the entertainment industry because you're going to have people that are on your team that are still going to talk shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about Gilbert, Gilbert, Arizona. Um, I've been here about most of my life. Uh, Gilbert's a small itty. Well, now it's grown. Uh, we're just, it's pretty much become the next California now. So yeah, well, I, the reason I was curious because you're not the first comedian I've had on from Gilbert, Arizona. I've had four now. Uh, uh, so it just seemed to me like there's something going on there. Cause, um, you know, We're there like are set, smack set... dab in between both Arizona large comic scenes. We have Phoenix, and then we also have Tucson, and then we have a bunch of little open mics that are spread apart. But it's like you're you're smack dab in the middle, so you can go to either side or do both sides, and that's how I've gotten to be known most all over the valley. 
the valley. I'm not really all that familiar with it. So from Fe- from Phoenix to Tucson is known as the valley. <laughs> That's an awful big I... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm like, well, I guess like Gilbert, technically, once you stop hitting the mountains or whatever, like if you don't go to the mountains, you're still in the valley, I guess we consider yeah, yeah. that. Okay. Like, oh, you're if it gets to 115, it's the valley. <laughs> So, um, comedy clubs down there in Gilbert, or you got to travel to to find work or find mic time and all that kind of stuff. It just depends. There's one that I really do like that is actually in Gilbert. It's JP's Comedy Club. I'm sure you've heard of it. That one's relatively close. It's right smack dab in Gilbert area. The other one is also Improv Mania, which is in Chandler. So there's not like a lot that I have to do traveling for, but a lot of my book shows I have had to either travel 30 to an hour for wow. a yeah, month. I, yeah, I, I dig it. <laughs> but I, every gig I, I go to, every gig I play, I have to travel at least an hour and a half to get to. I'm in a place yeah. that somebody told me I need to move back to civilization, but um, I understand the traveling stuff. But for comedy in general... Um, I think the world is changing because in not too distant past, it was comedy clubs, comedy clubs, comedy clubs. And now there are other comedians are making their own opportunities here. I saw Mm -hmm. just last week, four different places that were traditionally music venues are now having, uh, comedy nights and not because the club decided that because some comedian went in and said, I want to produce a show here. I bring people in and all that kind of stuff. So taking opportunity on their own. Yeah. I've actually even had people come up to me because my partner's in the music industry. So I have a lot of his venues that he's already showcased and then those venue owners come up to me and say, Hey, can you host a comedy night? Like you're really upbeat. You're young, you're exciting. And it's a lot easier for a young comic to get people into a bar now. Right now. Are you, do you go by Keely Wolf or do you go by killer Keely? Cause I've heard people at, at Mike's bring you up on stage calling you killer Keely. Kill it just depends. I think like sometimes the venue owners like, oh, I already know her. So she's Keely. But I try to stick to my stage name, Killer Keely. Um, it just depends on <laughs> I love it. like I already know her. She doesn't need that statement. I'm like, I need to have yeah. that label, I guess. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like it because oh, my first thought is, you know, that's something that you might see in WWF world. <laughs> I don't know. It's WW, whatever the wrestling thing is right now. WWE? Uh, yeah, right whatever. Now? Yeah. yeah, they change letters. I don't know what, what it all means. Um, before we bring Uncle Walt is our guest today. Uncle Walt oh, cool. is, is a uh, comedian who likes to say motherfucker a lot. I've yeah, noticed no, that. I, yep, I know <laughs> Uncle Walt. Let's bring him on. I'm excited. Um, okay, well, well, I'm not sure exactly where he's from, but we'll we'll ask him. We'll talk to him and let him talk. Walt, welcome. Walt. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> you dog wanna... catcher, dog yeah. catcher, do the dog catcher. Dog, 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 dog. Now, where do you, where are you getting that energy from this early in the morning? <laughs> Brother, you already said I was here an hour and a half early. I, I am I know. so excited. My wow. dog, thank you so much for having me. And Miss Keeley, listen, yes. you look yes. good. And oh, uh, good luck on your audition today with the dog. 
the dog. I think I already got in. I think he's already uh, grabbed his hook and gouged me. Yeah. All you need is your foot in the dough. That's yeah, it. that's and make your own opportunities. And that and you, and when I put it out there looking for key, uh, guest hosts, Keely was one of the first people who uh, responded to me. And again, I am all for people making their own opportunities. And I think that take being assertive is important in this business. So, uh, well, where where are you located? What part of what part of uh, America? <laughs> well, I am in the natural state, Arkansas. Specifically, now, the, the now, city of Fort Smith. All right, cool. Is there a? Uh, that's a pretty thriving comedy scene area, right? There's a lot of comedy comedy clubs down there, or not? Oh boy, dog, that's going to be a big no, sir. No, no, sir. Um, I heard you speak earlier about having to drive at least an hour. Um, I drive at least forty five minutes, at least forty five minutes to uh. Get that beautiful microphone in that stage, sir. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know that because I've had some people who are make their living in just that geographical area. The Arkansas, you know, the southeast part, that's one cluster where I think comedy is still thriving. We have these areas. Northwest, Portland, Seattle, all that kind of stuff is where it's really thriving. Florida. Uh, but then the general Georgia, Arkansas, Tennessee a little bit. Um, there's a thriving comedy scene there and then Arizona and of course LA, uh, but LA is different in that nobody really wants to be a stand-up comic there. They all want to be television stars or movie stars and they're using stand-up comedy, uh, for, uh, for a, a stepping stone to bigger things. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Are you did you get into it to, for stand up for the love of stand up, or do you have aspirations to film and television? Wow, dog. Um, first, uh, respect to both of you guys because I, I always refer to myself as a, a comedy baby. Um, you mentioned earlier that you think Keely might have more time than me, but I've been actually doing the stand up thing for thirteen and a half weeks. Wow, thirteen! Wow, we have a couple of infant. Yes, (laughs) yes, ma'am. I am a baby. I am still um, uh, nurturing on the comedy teat, if you will. Very cool. You gotta Uh, nurse some more. Yes, listen. That's why uh, I'm so. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt anyone. I'm so happy to be here because um, just listening, like Dog said, I was here an hour and a half early because. I want to be a sponge and just soak up everything I can from so much people. And I don't mean stealing. I mean, like, looking at how everybody brings their brand of comedy and just seeing what I can pick up and add into my repertoire and pull it out of my portfolio whenever it's needed, depending on the situation. So I'm sorry, dog. I'm a little long-winded. No, (laughs) I love it, man. Be who you are. Be who you are, my friend. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, it's we need more of that. We need there's more of no, that in the world. Yes, ma'am. I, I I totally agree. I mean, there's nothing like that stage and that mic. And man, every time, at least all thirteen times for me, because I just go once a week. Um, this is what gets me speechless. I'm sorry. Um, okay. It's amazing. I mean, it's just like nothing like it. I mean. And no comparison to my wife. I love her to death. You know, she's been with me for a long, long time. And man, so, when I get on that stage, 
13 weeks in, and, and Keely, uh, you kind of uh, expressed a little bit. The dealing with um, the harder part of it, when it, when things aren't working great, 13 weeks in or three, or three months in, uh, how, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Uh, at, at least in the beginning. I know it takes a while, it generally takes a while to build up enough thick skin. Were you uh, 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 prepared for that, getting into it? Like... I think um, I've had to do that with every choice that I've made in my life. I became a teen mom at 17. So every backlash that I've had, I was like, nah, I've got tough skin. No matter what anybody can say, I was a, I was a good ass mom. I was a good ass comedian. I wanted, and I'm not like, oh, I think I'm better than everybody else. But I think that my time and effort to just work on this relationship with comedy really proves it. Um, I also believe that when you bomb your first show, a lot of people panic and hide for the next several months. And I'm like, you can't hide after, after your last failed show. I'll have a bomb show at one comedy club and then I'll go straight to the next and I'll be like, all right, let's rock this next one because the last one was shit. You have to do that. You have to like continue forward because my first show was absolutely, I tried to do clean comedy um not <laughs> shit if it's not like, you you can't do it right i went to the petting zoo my mom made my revenge story against llamas she taught me how to laugh at shit and i was like this is the shittiest show i've ever heard and then as soon as i started bringing up like oh my goodness i love pegging men and dildos i was like that's what a powerful woman is <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll get back to pegging men in a minute, but uh, <laughs> my favorite topic. Walt, have you ever uh, been virtually pegged on stage yet? Have you had? Have you had your uh, uh, a like just a really, really bad, a really bad moment where you felt like I? Oh I, my! I, I, I had paused for like at least thirty seconds on stage, and that's like a year. <laughs> uh, at stand up live if you pause for like uh-huh. 15 to 30 seconds you know you've already failed and it was like this one drunk girl i handled it really well um she she just like shouts out while i'm like looking at my notes i'm like bitch this is my third fucking show shut the fuck up you down there and wow. she's like you're done and i'm like so is your bar tab get the fuck out wow i'm like that girl <laughs> I was like, do you wear underwear? And she's like, no, I know. And I'm like, that that then why is it up your ass, bitch? <laughs> wow. Now, Miss Keeley, wow. you better stop it now, Miss Keeley. Because if I wasn't married the way you talking, I may have to propose. That, don't let my wife hear about that. You hear me? That I love that. I'm sorry, my dog. I had to tell her. That's what you get as a female comedian. Everybody, like, you start telling jokes and everybody wants to fuck the clown. And I'm like, God damn, guys. <laughs> like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if I was the Joker at a castle or something, I would have been fucked. I'd been like, all right, I'm the new secretary now. I don't, I don't know what that, yeah, what that comment means, Greg. From the king. Whose damn what baby is this? Oh, Craig, that's right. Um, I, what, oh, Judge Parker, I, I'm I'm on hip to the the reference. What is that? What is that? Something oh, from a movie uh-oh. or something? If you look right <laughs> back here to the back, I'll show you. Um, right there, that is Bass Reeves. Uh. Bass Reeves. Uh, black cowboys are real. 
Um, Baz Reeves used to go over to Oklahoma City. He was the original Long Ranger, right? No? Yes, sir. Right here in Fort Smith. Right here in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And Judge Parker would send him, would give him the warrant. He would go over to Oklahoma or wherever. And he was one of the bravest men. You know the Long Ranger story. That's Baz Reeves right there. Well, that's that's uh, Craig who knows everything. He knows a little bit about everything or a lot about everything, and he's in our chat room, and he, he brought that up. So that's Thank you, cool. Craig. Get a big heart, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Love. There you go. Nerd get a heart, love. Craig. Thank you, sir. So have you had those moments? Uh, uh, first of all, let me go back to Uncle Walt, because last week uh, my, my co-host who is on sabbatical and probably is not coming back, um, she, uh, I was explaining to her about Walt Disney. We used to call him Uncle Walt when I was a kid. This is how old I am. Uncle mm-hmm. Walt had uh, Sunday night, the wonderful world of Disney with Uncle Walt. Where did where did Uncle Walt come from for you? Are, are you somebody's uncle, or is, or is that just something you adopted? Because it sounds no. cool. <laughs> uh, my daughter, I am uh, an uncle. Uh, uh, oh, many times over, I can't even keep count. But um, it comes from, you know, the realization that I am what I was raised to be. Like, I was raised around these great group of guys, and they were all my uncles, and my father's included, and my stepdad's included, and well, just, I mean, just, you know, they was from your era, my dog, and you know how they were, and I have hundreds of stories about them. So just being this age and coming to the realization that I am an uncle. I, d- I dig it, man. Cause Uncle Walt sounds like a guy you want to hang with. It definitely does. In my uh, yeah, Uncle Walt, I want to hang with. It sounds like a fun guy. Come on, that's. I like how he's all it. soft and gentle. I'm like, I'm Killer Keeley. I'm a murder. <laughs> <laughs> we aside. Well, I kind of expect you to come out like a like a WWE guy, or you're. <laughs> I'm killing Keely. Do they have comedy belts? I need one. <laughs> wow. Murdering the stage. Yeah. Um, now, uh, as, as far as writing goes and commitment to, like, writing your material and stuff, what if, we'll start with Walt. What, what, I think I know I think I know Keely's up all night writing. I think that, I think I know that, but I'll go, I'll come back to her. Uh, well, when, when you write your material, is it something that you actually sit down write, or you just go through the day as an idea hits you, you think, well, that would work good on stage. What's your approach to uh, creating your stand-up? All right, man. Now it's actually a little bit of both. Um, I, I told myself if I can eat three times a day, I can write three jokes a day. So whenever I, I hit feel the urge, or I don't like forcing it, so sometimes I may sit down and try to write. Or if something hit me, I'll grab my book. I'm surprised it's not close by me. It must be in my car. But I usually grab my book and I'll jot it down, and then I'll close the book and just go back to it later to kind of develop it. Um, at an open mic. Wow, very cool. And Keely, I got you right, right? You're up all night writing your... It just depends. Um, <laughs> I had my insomniac alarm wake me up early this morning at three, so I was like, you know what? I better write a set about this because these damn kids just testing limits. <laughs> and so I was like, you know... Hey, we lost her. Oh, Keely. no. I don't know. She'll be back. She probably just lost the Wi-Fi connection. Um, Come on well, back, this que- That's a question for her. So it's just us for now. We'll, she'll be back. Oh, here All she right. is. 
She's back. In the middle of a sentence, we lost it. Now you're in a different place. Now he's on, on top of me. Now, let me see. Wait, favorite put, position. How about that? Oh, man, he's fixing it. Stop. Wait, you were there. <laughs> All right. Wait, no, I think now we want down here. Well, we're fine. We'll, we'll go with this. Brady Bunch over here. I'm on the bottom. I, I'm a bottom guy. <laughs> now, Stop it, my dog. It's too early for that, my dog. Don't get <laughs> that shit now. <laughs> Don't get me started, all right? Right. So, Kelly, uh, Craig had a question for you. Does, yes. does, does Gilbert still smell like cows from time to time? There are no cows. Um, everybody oh, that has cow. moved here has destroyed all of the farming land. We've had um, my partner, I actually live on a farm right now, which is going to be industrialized to the four-story butt-to-butt houses. I don't want to see my neighbor's ass. I hate that. (laughs) I hate that I can't go to the... I don't want to see my neighbor fucking while I'm trying to take a shit. I'm like, she's getting it. It's coming out. This is the... I'm oh, I get it, man. I lived in because where I'm on Long Island, New York, and where I oh, am is, is rural worse. and north, a beach like. I'm on the North Shore, North Fork, and uh, I'm right on the ocean, on the Long Island Sound. But for, for a time, I lived in a place called Nassau County, which is close to New York City, and it really congested. And the houses were so close that when the neighbor flushed the toilet, I could hear it. And like, what? I, I know every time you take a shit. No way. No way. Hi, I know yeah. your schedule now. Yeah, right. You start worrying no, about the I, day. You didn't take your three p.m. shit. You good, dog? Yeah, I I need my space. Is the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just uh, saying, man. Oh, man, if if I could just move out to the middle of nowhere and just not worry about anybody. I could start doing those Zoom comedy shows. Those were working real great during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. They they want... Uh, are you guys both on Twitter? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. I think I, no, I think no, I followed both of you, but I'm not sure. But Craig is saying we, we he needs some Twitter in, and the, the crowd. I should put... I can't put both of your banners in one thing, but I'm going to run. What well, If you can, do you, uh, just Killer Keeley. Well, I have your link yeah, tree. Yeah, it's Killer Keeley. Yeah. Uh, Kill- oh, uh, Keeley's link tree. link tree. I got all my this. links there. Link tree, uh, you know, that whole thing. It's in the description. And Walt's YouTube channel hey, is here. Hey, Walt, what? I'm oh. Trying that. Look, Walt, what you got? Oh, get it, Killer Keeley. I'm going to get it. He think you are. Man, you guys come prepared. I like that. <laughs> and the front side says, comedian Uncle Walt, he got funny. Uh, very cool, man. Uh, so uh, that that's a, so you, you, right now, at this stage in your career, it's basically look for where, where the stage time is and go there. It's not like scheduling shows and, and doing stuff in advance. Both um right now i do have a couple book shows this month um i'm currently working a lot for my for october for my birthday um i might take a hiatus during august it's just it's too hot i'm, yeah. I'm like do you really want to see me pissed off on stage it's it's not a good look it's the dog days what about you walt are you uh do you plan on sh- are you working on like a planned schedule right now or are you just visiting open mics and getting it whatever time you can get uh i visit all the open mics i can get uh i've never had a paid gig 
that's why uh, my friend Brenda Brown and uh, South City City is so important to me because she's given me a place to uh, where my voice um, can be heard. And she was the first one to take a chance on me. And, you know, I feel like I live in South City City online. But, you know, in reality, I find that stage wherever I can. Okay, man. I, I when you when you it hurts that I just heard you say I've never had a paid gig, but I know this is the situation in comedy. And I was thinking about this yesterday because I had a friend who said he finally got paid twenty dollars to headline a bar show, and he felt like he had made it twenty dollars. And I thought, oh my god, man! This I felt is- I made it when I had got ten dollars in tips. I was like, I got fucking tipped. I got. <laughs> It's such I'm a not bro- even serving anything. I'm just serving jokes, and I'm like fucking ten dollars. Right. Shit. It's such yeah. a brutal craft with regards to that, and I think there's a purpose behind it because, and I was thinking about, about this a lot yesterday about how they they really make you. Uh, it, it's a way of of really kind of weeding out the ones who are strong enough to keep at it long enough until you get paid. In my in music in my profession, my, I got paid my first gig in nineteen seventy four. Wow. I got paid one hundred twenty five dollars for it. Me, that's almost my mom's age. But one hundred twenty five one hundred twenty five dollars. Then in nineteen seventy four, money. My into grandpas now. Yeah. No, I'm definitely a grandpa. I'm definitely a grandpa. He's a goof. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? Um, there, there's a good point part to this because I'm watching. I, I would hate to be a young person in today's world because I feel like uh, you know so much negativity and all this stuff. I think I am. I look at it and people laugh when I say this, but I, I'm kind of grateful I'll be dead in ten to fifteen years. Most at max. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm coming with. Hey, y'all can go. I'm staying here. You know I, I no, I appreciate. I appreciate that attitude too. I mean, of course, you if you're a young person, that's that's the attitude you need to have. You don't want to die. You're not ready to die yet. Uh, and I'm not ready to die tomorrow. I'm enjoying this, but I you know, at some point cuz they talk about what's going to happen in the future and the, the future mm-hmm. of America and all this stuff and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, "Damn, do I I don't really need this shit. I I've had a good life." <laughs> and <laughs> all and, the other countries starting to look at it, I'm like, your government's kind of collapsing too, but it's really pretty there. So <laughs> I'm like, I just know Switzerland's fucked, Canada's fucked. They're they're all fucked, but man, yeah. it's pretty there. So. Yeah. Have Have you traveled uh, the country, uh, this country, and seen a lot of different parts other than Arizona or Arkansas? Either one. Of them? I I've pretty much been all over Arizona. So. Uh, how about you? Well, you get around. This, uh, just for me, it's been a. Uh... Arkansas and Missouri. Wow. That's it. Wow. I would, you know, at some point, if if this is going to be your life, you're going to have to uh, be road dogs at some point, which means for, and this is a, because uh, I know so many people who started this way, getting in a car and driving yourself to gigs, sometimes staying in the shittiest motels available, sometimes meaning sleeping in your car and going on stage directly from your car, that kind of stuff. Had a lot of that. Are you prepared for that, both of you? I think I'm starting to get a lot more, like, because everybody's saying you're, you're going super fast for so young. 
and I'm like, well, am I pushing myself into this world so fast that I'm not ready? Or am I so ready that I got to push myself through it? I like that. I, I hope it's the second one. And <laughs> my my partner's going to be traveling with his band next coming year. And he's like, when we're in in a city, in Ar- he's going to be traveling to the 67 cities in Arizona. And so whenever he's in a city, he said, you better find an open mic there because you're on tour with us. Wow. Well, that, that works out. If you know, that's a good way to go. What about you, Walt? Are you ready for the road? It, it, it was it, funny. You mentioned hotels. I wish I could afford that. The only hotel I change is in my car. Right. So I have driving clothes that I use. And then when I get to the venue, you know, I check in, sign my name up on the list, go back to my car, change into my clothes and, you know, go through my process and I'm ready. So what yes, about sir, I'm, I'm ready for the road. I love it. Even to drive back home, it's always on my mind. I'm thinking and replaying and Man, it's undescribable when you talk about comedy. I mean, it's undescribable, dog. You know that. I know, you know I know. You know that. Yeah. Uh, um, what about mentors? Have you, have you, because when you go to open mics, there's going to be one or two people there who uh, either are professionals and know the ropes or think they do and are full of themselves. But uh, in most, in most art forms, there are people who will take you under their wing, mentor, who will give you guidance. And do either of you have like anybody who, for, who's like uh, more established, who's helping you out, or giving you any constructive advice or any of that kind of stuff? Um, I would like to do a, a pretty good shout out for Jesse Ever. Um, he gave me my first book show. Um, he's an amazing comedian. Um, he's straightforward, and he also like weeds out the the trash that is in the industry right now i'm like he's he's helping a lot of us female comedians i don't know if everybody else is aware but when female comedians end up on stage you get the jealousy rise and then a lot of times you get the sexual assault that is led just just by being on stage and being yourself so that's becoming a rampant thing just in the industry. It's very hidden. So I do respect his craft of just getting rid of that, not booking those people, not getting those people the face that they don't deserve. Right. Yeah, I get it. Uh, what about you, Walt? Do you have any mentors in your life or any anybody who's more established in the comedy world who's helping you out or you just going it completely alone? No, I do, uh, dog. Uh, but first, let me, Keely, um, thank you for sharing that with me. Um it breaks my heart to even hear something like that is going on in the bit, not even the business, in what I love to do. So mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for you with that experience. Please, if you can, keep your partner around you as much as you can for safety, especially with what's going on with people running on stage and things like that. We can't even attempt to make people happy and try to do the job of delivering the joy so they can escape whatever's out there. And, and we have to worry about our own safety on stage. So I'm sorry, like I said, I'm a little long-winded. Um, dog, yes. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna ever forget this woman's name. Her name is Brenda Brown, and her brand is Sauce in the City. Because y- you guys know I'm I'm young, I'm a baby, and I don't know how she found me, but when she found me, she automatically mentored me. And I loyalty means something to me, sir. 
I'm looking at my schedule right now because I know she uh, she's booked in in the future. I just don't know where. But uh, Brenda's going to be on the show at some point. <laughs> yes, sir. You you have to have her on. If you had me on, you. I mean, when I found out about this, uh, you know, she's my mentor. I sent her a message, and she was just so proud of me. Like you know, the baby bird is about to leave his nest. <laughs> but, <laughs> I just love that lady. I really do. She's special. So, I, uh, Keely, I have me. Uh, I'm sorry. What's your mentor name? It's Jesse Ever. I have a Jesse Ever in the form of Brenda Brown. <laughs> Very cool. That's good stuff to hear, and I appreciate it both. Craig says, uh, Dry Heat Comedy Club, Albuquerque, just opened up perfect for, for beginning for youngsters. Um, you think I <laughs> that you go down to Crack that's like a nine-hour drive from Gil. No, I don't know how far it is. I'm just talking at my ass here. I don't really. Al- Albuquerque. I've heard good things. I hope that it starts getting pretty big in New Mexico. I, I do respect them over there, too. Um, I might make a trip out there sometime, obviously. I'm here to hit every mic that I can. I'm like, um, when I went to a trip to South Carolina, just just for the hell of it, I was meeting a friend that I had known for many years. And I was like, you know, we should just hit some open mics over here. And now people over there are starting to know me. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's a good thing that there's so many open mics building for the new people. Right. What about expectations? When, uh, when people first see you and you, you're first introduced, do you, do you get a vibe of what people are expecting from you? I mean, either by... Uh, 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 because you both have a um, a persona that come that that precedes you. Both of you seem like I look at you and I feel like ah, I know I know Walt I, I know Keely. I, I feel like I uh, I have uh, an expectation. Maybe because I've watched both of your YouTube stuff and and, and seen senior. But uh, do you feel like the audience is expecting certain kind of comedy from you when the, when you're first introduced and what what they're expecting, or the, are they just an open book waiting for you to kind of deliver a first uh, joke or something uh, to really gauge who and what you're all about? I think it all depends on the venue because you definitely get that crowd where you're like, okay, I I know what I can make a joke about here that everybody's gonna laugh about, and then you'll go to another crowd and you'll get a lot of seven hours. Oh, hell no, man. <laughs> Uncle Walt's going to need to hit a rest stop. Seven, seven hours from Phoenix, Uncle Walt is going to need to hit a rest stop on I-40 West. Damn, the rest stop, I'm going to need the gas money to get there, you hear me? <laughs> Fucking A, man. Uh, I don't know what it's like down there, but up here it's it's just it's like you know you're gonna mortgage a house to fucking go on a road trip <laughs> no, kidding, no kidding i'm, I'm sorry sure that's please. everywhere now um yeah just um, our house alone went from like 250 to being half a mil right. justin gilbert <laughs> so i'm like man could I, I could sell this right now and still have nothing right <laughs> right well, what about you? Because you, you come on, you have a uh, distinctive look about you. You feel like the audience when you're introduced. Do you feel like the audience? Yeah, I, I've seen the YouTube. Do you feel wow. like the, do, do you feel like the audience has a, uh, a, an expectancy from you, or or they 
basically waiting for you to deliver something before they pass judgment on on who and what you're going to be all about. I think what um, is good about my brand with Uncle Walt is um, I'm palatable for everyone. So if you've never had an Uncle Walt, it's like, what the hell is this? Like you said, dog, you're like, yeah, I know who Uncle Walt is. I I feel like I do. Right. Like if you don't have an Uncle Walt, you want an Uncle Walt. And for those who do have an Uncle Walt, it's nostalgic in that. Like I had an uncle that did something like that to me before. Uh, like it's just it's for context. He's not talking about family reunions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had an uncle do that to me. (laughs) Now, I am not that uncle that you got to keep away from the little kids. Where where Uncle Joe at? Somebody, where them kids at? Hey, that is not me. That is not Uncle Walt. You understand? (laughs) Uncle Walt has been married for 24 years. (coughs) Uncle Walt has three children. All of them is almost gone, and the fun begins, baby. You hear me? Now, that was Uncle Buck from the, and I'm dating myself here, the original Saturday Night Live, which this would not, it would never fly in today's world. Buck, uh, I can't even, Buck O'Neill. John Candy. He played Uncle Buck, and uh, no, not the not not John Candy. It was uh, on Saturday Night Live. It was a bit Uncle Buck and Lorraine Newman and Gilda Radner were his teenage uh, nieces that were dressed in their underwear, and they would sit on the story. Tell us a uh, tell us a story, Uncle Buck, and he would like make a like um, you know C spot run. Uh, like, but erotic, and he would try to make it naughty and, and have the girls like rubbing themselves on his knees. And all. this was on prime time, not prime time, late night television on NBC. A Uncle Buck, the child per- pervert niece molester, as a comedy wow. bit. Um, I can't remember Buck's last name, but I could see his face very clearly. If uh, I'm gonna see if I can while we're talking, um, he's gonna put the. Mm. Yeah, Thank you, dog, I was gonna, I was gonna look that up myself. Like, whoa, I gotta go see this because I know that whole thing was totally off the rails. Like, but Buck Henry, Buck Henry was how his early name. it was. Yeah, right, right. It right. was the very first season, nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, here's a picture. <laughs> here's a picture of it right here. Let me pull it up and see. Uh, oh wait, yeah, here it is. And and here, let's see. Okay, now I gotta share them. I got too many freaking buttons around here. Um, anyway, There's a button left. Use while button. while I'm pulling this up on the subject of what you can and can't, what what flies because we're living in a time where comedy has never been scrutinized and and real. And I know for people starting out, it's probably not as much as Uncle Buck with his teenage nieces on this oh boy that doesn't look good (laughs) oh no and it it was worse than that they would be like in it it, as it went on they would bring in like lingerie and all that kind of stuff and it was just like no way yeah the first season yeah yeah um but so with, with terms in terms of uh content and what you can joke about are you sensitive about that or you just you just let it fly and be Hey, Tom would have given me the answer, Buck Henry. Yes, thanks, Tom. Um, 
Are you sensitive to what you can joke about and what you can't joke about and, and kind of backlash at this point? Or is because it's you're not big enough to get canceled yet. You they only want to cancel superstars, right? They only want to cancel uh Louis C Louis C. K. They only want to cancel Dave Chappelle. They don't want to cancel open mic open micers yet. But uh, <laughs> are you is that something that comes into your mind like when you're what can I what can I get away with? Um I've there's things that you can get away with and things you can't um the more backlash that you're gonna find is definitely when you post it on the internet um yeah <laughs> like i have the the comments invisible to myself because i'm like any criticism that you're gonna give me isn't going to be constructive in any way um the true people that actually come and message me and have a conversation with me know my comedy and then the people that see a little 15 skit of me yelling at a guy on a mic because they wanted to heckle back so i'm like you want to scare me i'm gonna scare you back so i think a lot of people are like well she could have delivered it better and i'm like i'm loud um it's just you're I'm killing, not those, you're killing I don't need to make out with the mic. <laughs> you kill, yeah, no, you kill Keely. That's a that's a good point, uh, uh, and I'll come back to that. But Walsh, have you had to uh, be concerned about what you could joke about, or are you just going to be you and 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 whatever's funny to you, you you're going to talk about? Um, dog, it's funny because, um, like you said, my channel is called Which Way to Funny because I'm trying to find that out now, and the, what I like to go into any open mic or anything with is the job is to be funny. Right. You can be shocking. You can be racist. You can be homophobic. You can be whatever you want to be with your mic time. That's your choice. However, the job of a comedian is to be funny. Right. And once you do that, you might be able to toe the line on whatever's on your mind. But a lot of times I'll find some of my jokes are really funny to comedians, not to audiences. So huh. if I can't go up there and say, I'm just going to be myself. Okay, I'm going to do that. But however, the job is to be funny. So I'm going to do that first and be my best self I could be wrapped in that funny. Get it. Yeah, totally. And I, I definitely understand that there are definitely sensibilities about. And this is a problem I've had in my whole life is when there are professional musicians in the room, I'm trying to impress them rather than the audience. And they're mm. they're, they're not my audience. They're never going right. to be my audience. But I'm more mm. concerned about what they think of it. That's a bad place to be. You have to be there for the general public. You definitely still have to play for the sidelines, though. Like, don't worry about the other musicians, but definitely, like, the people that are on the sidelines are definitely watching you and seeing what you do. So I always love to just play to the sides because that's where they like to hide. Yeah. Do you remember what I said? That's a great point. I want to come back to because I lost. I'm an old man and I forgot it. My dementia's coming through. All right. Play back. Play back the tape. What did I say? What did she say that I was impressed with that I wanted to come back to? But I, I had to go. Everything? To... What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, no. But that one, one line that I thought was a different uh, thing. Oh, it's, it's gone now. Damn it. No. I'm an old man. 
Send it. Oh, it's gonna no. happen. It's gonna happen to you. So don't laugh. Don't laugh at the old man. It will happen I'm, to you. The THC already does that half the time. Hey. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, is this, this is something a, I want. Uh, substance. You guys. Is this you guys a holy it. substance using podcast? <laughs> I'll just use it off screen. No. Yeah. Too you late got, now, you, too late got, now. We're we're all about transparency and and open honesty. This I'm not judgmental about any uh, substance use at all. People do whatever they do. I'm a pothead for 50 years. Uh, and which is probably why I have some memory loss. Now, I, I think it's just age, to be honest with you. It's, it's both. But either you guys uh, use it for either just recreational, but, but finding like, because I always found that getting high helped me get into the creative zone and want to be a more creative person. Mm. Do you use substances at all in that way or or, or in any way? <laughs> um, that's like the first step to writing at all. I'm like, you think? Because if I'm in my head too much, I'm not going to be funny. I'm going to be like, what can we shit out right now? I got nothing. Right. Do you go on stage high, though, ever? No. That's not appropriate. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Some people do and some people don't. But what Um, about you, Walt? You you, at all? Oh, well, since (laughs) you are in a natural state and you did talk about the homie Billy Clint. I've only ever never inhaled. However, um, <laughs> I prefer a shot of whiskey right before I go. Just really? to take the edge off one shot. That's it. And like I say, I'm I'm driving at least 45 minutes. So oh, yeah, one yeah. shot, uh, I do my little five minutes. I go out and calm down because the adrenaline is so pumping. I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So Drugs. talk to the other comics and try not to be disrespectful by just doing my set and running off because I need that time to calm down. I and can appreciate that. It now, but is it right before? Like, okay, when the guy's saying your name, and <laughs> Uncle Walton. You, I do while I'm locking up. Yeah, that's it's right before. What's important for me is not the order I go in, but who's going before me. So. Gotcha. Um, I've never went first before, so what I like to do is stand back and watch the crowd. Because, like I said, the you job never want to go first. Funny. What'd you say, ma'am? You never want to go first. Tell me why. I've, I've never been first, so please, please let me so, know. So I've been first maybe like three times since starting out. I I try to avoid that. It just feels like the crowd isn't warmed up. I'm like, they haven't had their drink in. I haven't had my drink in. We're not vibing yet. And mm. most of the time, the open mic starts at seven o'clock. So that's just, it's not late enough. It's not. Mm. To, I'm I just, dig that. I get it. I feel it. I feel that. Well, so, you know what? Uh, and the, the, the guy or girl who goes up first, they're kind of, um, it, it's so hard because they're coming into a very cold room who hasn't gotten warmed up to laughing yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to get into a role with laughing. So you start with a couple of chuckles, but by the time the headliner comes on, you're ready to be holding your stomach and falling off your chair and crying, laughing. But that first person up there, uh, you're not, you haven't built up your laughter roll yet. You got you have to, you have to get on a roll. You don't just you gotta wake come them in. up. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
Well, and that's another thing that is different between comedy and music that I've uh, I've been kind of thinking about a lot lately is um, I never liked uh, sharing a stage with somebody. And I this came up the other day. Uh, forget oh maybe it was Jeff Dwaskin I was talking to, but the idea that when you're up there. Five minutes is way too short for me, even though it's a long time for comic material. I'm just getting started here. I want to own this room. I want to keep going. And that's right. in comedy. That's I could never deal with five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I need an hour, man. Give me an hour. Oh, and of so course, you're not ready yourself. for an hour they yet. They give you the light, and I'm like, you're going to stop me? I'm just. I'm just getting these people to like me. Right. Yeah. That's got to be really frustrating when you that, feel like you're It's, it's just like an introduction that you don't mm-hmm. get to finish. It's right. like that quick hello, goodbye. Like you got to Wait know me for. Yeah. I just seconds. got started. Now, yeah. guys, we have to keep it real since we're really talking comedy. Let's talk about the hate because at 13.5 weeks, I have some horror stories Let's hear already. It. Let's go. You get it your first week. They're like, the fuck are you doing this for? <laughs> oh, so you think you're funny now? You got little jokes to tell? Oh, I thought we was friends. I thought we was family. <laughs> and then once you start getting that, that, people are pissed off because they're like, she has book shows and she ain't even a year into this shit. And I'm like, it's because I'm talking to people. It's about the people you know. How about he has never hosted anything, but I'm on the same stage as you guys, and I'm watching sets, and we're watching sets, and yeah. why? Okay, no problem. I'll digress. Okay, uh, how about trying to start an open mic in your own little town only for political things uh, to happen, and that open mic is shut down immediately? Am I being too real, dog? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hear it, brother. Uh, and <laughs> you be I, too real. Oh, I should, I should just drink my coffee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So all of this, all of this stuff, and I, I appreciate you know what what you're what you're bringing to the table. I never expected this from this show, but this is really informative for for uh, people in comedy who are just getting started. But this whole idea of um, you know being able to to deal with that. That feeling of I was just getting started. You didn't even see the best of me, and and how you keep going from that because I would, you know, I'm the kind of person who takes that home and really, I can't let that go. It's like fuck, man, you didn't get to see me do what I really do. You stopped me just as I was going to be good. <laughs> no, because we go home and finish it. That, that's how most things. Like, okay, the guy didn't finish me. I'm gonna go home and finish my set. <laughs> My man's like, he'll see me in the car and I'm still making jokes. He's like, you need to come down from your high. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm going to, he's like, he's my ultimate target. It's bad. I love, he's a submissive man. So (laughs) you have to be with to be with killer Keely. There's no way you could be a, 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 um, alpha dog and compete with, with a woman named killer Keely. (laughs) 
He's like, do I want to be on the next documentary? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> but, but Walt, that's got to be really frustrating for you at driving 45 minutes at minimum to get to a room to an open mic. And then you get up there and you do five minutes and you were just starting to hit your pace. You knew you were going to start to win over the room. And then they throw, throw the light on you and you're like, fuck, man. <laughs> uh, I can talk about one time, uh, you know, because they kind of have you pull numbers. I don't know how open most open mics go, but, you know, around here, you arrive, you sign up, you pull a blind number, and that's the order that you go. So I pulled 20 one time, and oh. they flashed the light, but I was thinking, I'm the last guy. It's only a few people here. We could go maybe seven minutes, please, but it was like strict five minutes done. So when I talk about this, it's only because of love. Like one of my favorites is Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, you know, he had no respect. That whole routine with one liner, one liner, one liner, one liner, one liner. He has to think so much about this joke. And then I think about Lenny Bruce, like he was going to jail and getting arrested just for making people think. So I like to study the game and, with all of that, how can I go? Boo-hoo, Uncle Walt can't host. Uncle Walt hasn't made any money. <laughs> Uncle Walt is paying his dues. It'll yeah, come yeah, I appreciate if you stay that. the course. I, I totally appreciate that. And I also appreciate that you you, you just re, uh, revealed that you're a student of the art form and going back a, a long ways. And that that that's a big thing. Keely, do you do you study uh, the, the history and... and uh, and what come before you in the craft? I actually like, I have so many different comedians that have really given me so much um, respect for them. Um, when you guys brought up Uncle Buck, I was like, fuck yeah, I love John Candy. That's my man. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's a pedophile. I was like, oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you brought Buck it Henry down. was before. You brought it down. Yeah. 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 But, there's just so many, um, even just voice actors. I love to internalize a lot of people's just sound instead of like, I don't really watch a lot of stage work. I don't like to watch how the crowd reacts. I like to just have it blank in my mind because you can't be constantly trying to keep going. Like, obviously you want the laughs, but if you can't keep going without the laughs, then you're not going to grow. Because wow. you need to figure out what is good and what's not going to work. That's what the open mics are for. Yes, it's man. for testing out your material. And half the time, most of it's shit. Right. It's just how it goes. Yeah. Let me, while we're talking about, I, I had a quick question. Like, um, what I'm really like, just right now, like I said, I'm a baby. So right now, I'm so tired of saying things more than twice. Because in my former life, before I came out of the closet as a comedian, um, I was in the corporate world. And in the corporate world, especially during presentations, you repeat the same thing over and over and over. And it really sucks when someone's in the room that's heard this presentation and yet and still you have to say it over again. And maybe that's, I don't know, I'm traumatized from the corporate world. But if I say something twice... And I know like in the same the game, set, or do you feel like you're doing a set over again? Like you're 
you're finalizing a set? Like, is it you're repeating it like twice during the same set or is it you're going from one set to another set? If I say it this week at the open mic, I may say it again next week, but once I've said it twice, I'm tired of hearing it myself. Um, it, it, do you experience that or what are your guys' opinion on how I can like, because I know- I've never done a set to. twice. Um, most of really? my stuff is improvisation. So how do you get that that golden five minutes and then add it to another five minutes where you got a golden 10 minutes and keep hitting those gut busters? How, you know, cause I'm trying to learn how to develop a set and so uh, uh, let me let me let me a lot of people just love the i don't know why but people just love when women women are shouting i think that's like their newest <laughs> thing they're like wow she she's got a right i i wrote a, a a whole piece on that and that's one i'll Ooh. remember that i want to come back to but on this <laughs> uh on this uh, subject let me just share with with, with uh something that because what in my younger days I was a magician. Oh, wow. I studied right. from a guy named Al Baker. Al Baker was an old uh, Catskill-based um, uh, close-up magician. And he said to me words that I'll never forget. He said, um, the difference between, and that, oh, we lost Keely again. She'll be back. I should save a little of this for her, but I, I know she'll be back. Um, but he said to me, the difference between, uh, she's here now, so I don't, there Keep, we go. Come on, Killer Keely. Now here, we have girl. to do this again. Wait a second. There you go. There you yeah. go. In the right spot. Right. So Al Baker said to me, the, the difference between an amateur magician and a professional magician is an amateur is constantly finding new tricks to do for the same audiences, where a professional is doing tried and true material for different audiences every night. And that stuck with me. And it's, I think it's an important distinction to make is you, you find out what works and you create a consistent good piece of material and then you perform it for different people every, every night. And I know it does get boring or it does get, and you have to find a way to make that fun and inspirational for you and make it feel like to the audience like you just came up with this naturally on the spot but it's tried and true material that and that's what separates professionals from amateurs amateurs are people constantly look having to go to the magic store to buy a new illusion to do for their family and friends where a comedian uh, a, a professional magician has tried and true simple effects that they learn and they learn to perfect them and do them great for a new audience every time and each time they do it they learn what how to improve it how to make it more even more effective and find out what people really react to so uh Killer Keely, let's give it up for dog that was a freaking jewel let's go give it up for dog <laughs> right, thank you dog for that jewel right I take jewels, it up for myself. put them in my pocket and i'm gonna remember what you said sir Thank yeah, but there's a big difference between corporate uh, um, and the uh, the idea behind um, it's great to have a callback. So as you're uh, developing that all tried and true stuff and then you want to add on new stuff, it's great to say at some point if, as you add, you do your tried and true set and then you're taking you're getting a few extra minutes now because you've you've done that and then you come back to it and then at the end of that other piece you have a joke that plays back to your original stuff that's where that's where you see oh my god as an audience member that's where you, you look up in awe and you say that was fucking art they that wasn't just comedy that was art 
and it made me laugh hard, but it was a masterful performance. That's uh, mm -hmm. Budsy is in the room. What does he say? Open mic, a practice for paid gigs. Yeah, we knew Amen. that. We knew that. Now tell us something we don't know, Budsy. <laughs> I like to give Budsy a, uh, I don't know why I like to give him grief. He's crazy. He's a very crazy person. Now, you know Budsy, the com Budsy comedian? He's at a Las Vegas. He's a certifiably insane person. No, I don't. Insane. <laughs> well, find him on Facebook and Twitter and, and follow me. He's certifiably insane. He said, I know a lot of things, but people don't want to hear. That's what I mean. He's fucking insane. That's why people don't want to hear him. Uh, hey, anyway. Budsy, I'm coming to Las Vegas next month, August the 24th. Ah. Show me how crazy you is. That's my, mom, my mom's birthday. How uh, nice. You're going to Vegas hey, on my mom's right. birthday. <laughs> That's my brother's birthday. That's so weird. That's wow. crazy. That's wow. crazy. That's so weird. We're having like a kismet moment here. Uh, we are. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, and now as said, I'm going to remember that and come back to it. And I forgot that one, too. <laughs> come on, There dog. has to be some medication for this that I can take. Dog, you said the show is called... The coffee part, dog. Keely, right. no, I've seen nobody drink the coffee. There you go, dog. Keely, I'm gonna tell you up? this. My morning was shit. My child woke me up at three a.m. My coffee didn't work. I'm just well. I'm, he, he, I'm not gonna press you because you are killer Keely. So that's good enough for me, man. Thank you very much. Well, since you mentioned it, <laughs> I opened the show with like. All week long, I felt like my my mojo has been stolen from me. My wife gets up, and my wife makes weak fucking coffee, weak coffee, and I just, I just can't have it. It's just uh -oh. not. It's not caught. It's like brown water. It's it's, it's, it's not doing it. But uh, usually, when I get up, I make very strong coffee. But part, one of our sponsors is Waker Coffee. Waker Coffee is an instant coffee that you can make <laughs> as as. Uh, strong or as weak as you want, just by adding more or less water to it. It is. Uh, it was developed by some geeky dude named Daniel in, in his New York City apartment because he was working a full-time job and going to school full-time and did not have time to make coffee. So he came up with this di different kind of instant coffees and teas that taste like the real thing. They're not made from freeze-dried uh, uh, from cr uh, crystals or anything like that. It's freeze-dried uh, actual coffee beans. It's great stuff. Waker Coffee. I'm just looking for the banner mm. I could put in there with the link. Uh, Wacker Coffee. Waker. I call it Wacker Coffee. WakerCoffee.com and it's in the link and it's in the description. Check out Waker Coffee. Thank you for reminding me of that. I would have let that slide and I would not have had to sponsor this. Well, I did Sponsored the truth. Sponsored Waker Coffee. Waker. So Waker with coffee. You're so keep that in mind. And if if you click the link today, you'll do 20% off your first order. And there's a uh, starter kit for just $5 you can get to try it out. So you can't, you can't beat that. Uh, but I was mentioning that for you, uh, Keely, because if you, you know, your coffee's shit and it, you don't have time to make good coffee, it's just hot water and pour it in the thing and you're ready to go. That's what I did this morning and it didn't want to dissolve. So I took like a sip and it was uh. just. Whatever that was, was that ruined my whole day. Bad coffee in the morning will ruin, and it's ruined my whole week. Actually, that's why uh, I got, went to Uber Eats, and I was like, "You better bring me my fucking coffee because I'm not getting in my car." <laughs> you trust somebody bringing you a uh, liquid? Now wait you, a minute. I trust really them getting killer. my chicken fingers. Shit. 
Oh, I, I was going to say, you're not just... them shipping everything just, to me. Yeah, Taco just Bell ordering right coffee. The <laughs> um, there's man, nothing they can put in that myself. Taco Bell that's not going to already hurt me. You, now, you I got You have to imagine somebody digging their hands in your bag and eating your fries and sweaty and nasty. They just oh, scratched their butt and they eating your fries and they're going to bring them to you and you don't even freaking know it. And you're going to put that I in your mouth. I already got a kid that does that, so it ain't no difference. That's your kid. That's somebody else's butt. That butt is from your butt. We talking about a whole set of DNA butt. And you can eat that <laughs> butt. Sure, butt. That, that butt is from, from the your butt. butt. Wait, on your oh, fries. Healy, I know you a killer, but baby girl, you are a brave, brave killer. I know your man must be a killer too, your partner, because golly, you talking big risk. Let's stop COVID. Stop COVID. Stop COVID. Uh, in Arizona, COVID's gone. Who told you that? It is totally gone. It's, it's completely eradicated. I don't even know what COVID is. Really? Half a, well, what the fuck is a mask? <laughs> right. Well, Except yeah. the same thing that everybody puts on every day. Man, yeah, COVID right. was right. so two years ago. Who's still talking about that? Right. Uh, well, I uh, you're, hitting on a sore sub- you're hitting on a sore subject last night, but, and I didn't want to... T- to talk about but this today but i'm gonna i'm gonna Hold now on. that you brought it up oh, a the, the, saturday night i have a, a gig every weekend and uh saturday night i have a gig that we were using a sub drummer on and he called my singer last night and said that uh he gave him this contrived story that another band he plays with the drummer came down with covid and they need a sub and he could sub for them and 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 basically not play on our gig if it's okay we can get another one he's already a sub on me so i'm like dude you you can't just cut out it's so unprofessional i got two days now to find a drummer i said i will find a replacement but i will uh don't expect me to call you it'll be a cold day in hell before i ever call you for a gig again and then he came back Mm -hmm. with this story about well you didn't hear the full story this guy got covid and uh i was like what the (laughs) fuck does that have to do with me you're fucking me over on this gig you're going to another gig right not that i don't want to feel cold-hearted i'm bad sorry the guy got covid or whatever but how does some stranger getting covid affect me i got you on a gig so that you you, you picked a a real bad scab on me this morning because i'm like i'm ready to cut this guy out of my life let it go Mind dog, you have a whole microphone, an audience, and a show where anything that's on your mind. I know. I bur- don't want to bur- talk about Talk about it, brother. You know this is therapy. I, I know. On, I, I burn a lot of bridges daily on this show with this <laughs> uh, Got to. You know what? You can't really. People are going to love you. People are going to hate you. People are going to like you, whatever. And. You have to be yourself. You have to. You have to be. You have to say what you really feel. And I, I started the whole program on that this morning. And I don't want to get too serious about that. But you know, we we are at a point where people hear a, a, a sentence or a line you said, and then all of a sudden they got a bug up their ass, and they're gonna fucking hate you or love you because of that. And you can't really invest too much in that. You know, I said what I said. If it hurt you. Sorry it hurt you, but that I was expressing what my thoughts are. You can you can disagree with me and I'll be open to that. We can have a conversation about it. But you know, if you want if it wants to make you you know, filled with hate and all that stuff, it doesn't make any sense to me. And for me to to kind of dwell on it, and I am the kind of person who will dwell on it, it's unproductive for me. So I have to let let it go. 
learning I to let it go. I just try to avoid even talking about it because I've had to like watch it with my parents and everything. And the three things they always want to fight about is either politics, financial problems, which I can, or the world itself right now. I'm well, like, at I least just, you, 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 you didn't mention two of the other hot topics that people want to want to kill each other about. And that's religion or sports. <laughs> People, or you know, as, rival sports teams. Uh, if you live in an area, where, and now Arizona only has uh, one team in for each sport. In the, in, in the in the Arkansas doesn't have any, do they? Well, yeah, I was about to say, dog. That's more the Arkansas guy. So thanks for rubbing it in, bud. <laughs> the hell, and you knew that too. So who who who, who is, you if, is, are you a sports fan at all? Do you have any? No. Uh, yeah, I love oh. sports. I'm originally from Chicago, so. Bears, Bulls, Sox, Blackhawks, uh, no okay. Cubs. Sorry, no yeah, Cubs. That's good because the Mets are playing the Cubs today. Four-game series starting today. Okay. <laughs> not, I'm not a Met fan, by the way. I used to be a Met fan, and I give Met fans a lot of shit on Facebook on purpose just to, <laughs> to drive them crazy. Uh I'm not a – I gave up sports 12, 14 years ago. we got another guest host. Hey. hey. Wow. He's got he's got his shark. He brought a shark with him. Looks yeah, he's like, ready for Shark Week. That's for sure. Was, oh, he's scared. Did I scare him away? Nah, he just wants he he has to sit with us. Oh, well, we got to watch man? the watch the adult language. Then we have we have children in the room. Oh, he knows all the adult. <laughs> oh, is that oh. what we're not teaching them? So, um, do you have anything coming up you want to talk about, either of you? Like gigs that are coming up on the schedule that you want to let people know about, or, or places you're going to be? Any of that? Please. I got. Uh, oh, go ahead. You want to go? You're no, good. I'll go. Please. Okay, cool. Um, I got July 20th at the Grid, and then I have July 28th at Cactus Jacks. Both in Gilbert? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, one's in Tempe, and the other one is in Ahwatukee. Oh. And what about you, Walt? Uh, well, my comedy mentor slash mother, Brenda Brown, has developed a show with um, it's called G Dane's Three Drunk Uncles and a White Guy. Um, it's on the okay. channel every Sunday, and it's literally three drunk uncles and a white guy, and we talk that talk. And it's and I'm hilarious. not the white guy. How could I not be the white guy? I thought I was Listen, the only one. You said you're going to have Brenda on your show. You got to talk to Brenda Brown. That's what I, I'm telling you, dog. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think Brenda asked me to be on, on the show once, and I was like, I don't know. It's like, that's not my 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 theater. That This is more my thing. But I would, dog, you know, I appreciate don't, it. Don't knock it before you try it, dog. Now, I know. I got to check it out. definitely pull off being a uh, stupid white man. Dude, <laughs> I would recommend that you talk to Brenda Brown too. Everybody's welcome. That's what makes it so great. Woman, right? What the hell is that shit? Listen, it's not a black show. It's not a white show. It's not a gay show. It's not a straight show because she puts so many different personalities together. I always tell her, I say, girl, you make a gumbo and it tastes good every time with different ingredients. So, mind all, Keely, come on over. Get sauced in the city, baby. Because oh. we always like to stay 
a little bit. Shallow. I am the white guy. Now, I don't have you any sponsors. To be so a white Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> There's no No, I know. I know about the Jamaican stuff, but I, I, it, this could be. He might be serious about this. You never know. As I say, Buddy is. Uh, he probably should be uh, institutionalized somewhere. He's, he's like that crazy. So you never know when he when he's telling the truth or not. But uh, he could be connected with Brenda Brown. He might be the white guy. Uh, I don't know if that's a possible. Do you know who the white guy is? Absolutely. His name is, and I'm going to blank on this, and Randy, forgive me, I believe his name is Randy Horton. Really, oh, I'm so- just a baby in this. And Randy, he's our white guy. But oh, okay. so, so, so Buzzy was lying. That's all. That's all I really wanted to get to the bottom. Buzzy, Buzzy was lying to us. <laughs> we can switch it in and out, but the three drunk unks got to stay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not getting no affirmative action over here. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of of, um, <laughs> of crazy people, that uh-huh. <laughs> one. Do it again. Well, no, it's just that we. Uh, I was just going to say it is just about time that we say goodbye to Governor's Comedy Club, who is. Uh, this is on the Governor's Comedy Club network. Uh, that doesn't mean it's the end of the show, but it's the end of the show for that network. We'll still be on uh, the Mind Dog TV podcast network. Uh, you can, but we're saying goodbye to Govs right now. So it's been a pleasure, Govs. Have a great day, and we'll Thank see you, you tomorrow. Too. Join us tomorrow. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, so we're now on Mind Dog. So anyway, uh, take the banner off there. Um, so yeah, I'm glad to, to hear you guys are, are continuing uh, and have some work lined up. Um, weekends or, or weeknights, do you, do you, are your, uh, do you have a preference and is it harder to work um, a weeknight open mic uh, than a, a, like a weekend show opening for somebody or have you not had that experience, the weekend experience yet? I've had the weekend experience. Um, I've had to open for a couple of headliners. Um, it's terrifying. Um, and sometimes it's just awkward depending. <laughs> You're gonna give He's giving me you the blah blahs? La 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 la. All right. Yeah. Cutting <laughs> things short. <laughs> yeah. No, give him the hook. Give the. No. Um, shine, shine the light on the kid. Um, so what terrifying opening for a headline is, um, but you, you faced your courage and, and came through with it. Right. So, but tell me about, tell me about what, what goes through your mind opening for somebody who's your first time. I think it's super awesome because you get to kind of talk to them and uh, get to actually learn something from someone that is headlining. Like they're starting to become a B class and you're kind of like in a D class, C class. So you're, you're starting to see that, Hey, they're, they're making it. I'm going to steal some of your wisdom right there. And I think that's, that's what goes through my mind. But a lot of times I feel like I, I bomb before them, and then I'm like, "Oh, thank you for saving the show." Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, Walt, have you had the weekend experience yet, or are you just basically doing weeknights? No, sir. All weeknights for me. Um, there was this one time recently that I was booked for free for a show at a strip club, and I'm here to tell you that that environment. With what I do is like oil and water, to say the least. Huh. 
strip club now because more I'm hearing more and more about this uh, comedy. Again, comedy youth back in the day, it was just comedy clubs. Then it moved to bars, and and bars are really difficult because people are not there to hear comedy. You mm. can be a musician and be background music. There's no such thing as background comedy. Com- comedy needs to be paid attention to. But a strip club is even more bizarre because people are there for titties. Sorry, kids. I'm sorry. But so how do you get their attention, and how do you even... Uh, how do you even hold or, or get, do you have to shout them down? Like, I know Keely that has no problem sh- saying, Hey, I'm here. But with your, with your, <laughs> uh, persona, how do you get their attention in that room? Cause you're not like, a coming like a, uh, Sam Kinison. I'm here. Pay attention to me. How, how do you, how do you manage that? I think I'll go walk. Is he frozen? Sleep. I thought he was frozen. Walt. Oh, Walt. Walt, come back to us. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, I, I will phrase it. Have you ever played those kind of rooms, uh, Kelia? Like a bar? or I hate bar shows. Every single bar show that I've done, I have felt like I just bombed because you're there with like 12 different comics and they're all just pretty much drunk already. So they're not really there to listen to your set. And it's also just kind of weird because most of the time, the females don't go to the bar shows. Yeah, it's, it's not the the space or anything for that. I'm I'm gonna ask, uh, and I have to admit, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit gingerly in the way I phrase this, only because I'm I'm shy about talking about these kind of things in front of children. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the perception that women are. Uh, um, not as funny as men. I, I think we agree that that's just ridiculous. But I, mm-hmm. I want my attitude towards this, or my my perception is this: if a woman is too attractive on stage, men can't right. focus uh, can't focus on the comedy stuff because they're all thinking with with the other head. And so, mm-hmm. if she's too attractive on stage, uh, she they they won't take her serious for for the comedy. But if she's too attractive on stage, women hate women will be catty again about it. If she's not attractive on stage, I have a story about that about women just being catty because um I had one of the hosts call me the hot oh, comic yeah. and she went totally off on her set. She's like I was the only other female comic, and the host called her the hot one. Thanks. Dude, you're messing with Killer Keely. Do you know who you're messing with? Do you know Do you know who that is? What's my name? Nah, I scared him away. Okay, continue. continue. So, so the woman got caddy on you. Yeah, she and I haven't seen her at any of my other open mics anymore. I think she pretty much follows me on social media to avoid where I'm at because she's in the valley too. But I think she just tries to avoid me at all costs. She's like, I don't want to be second runner up. And I'm like, I... I dress like a man on stage, so I don't know where he got that from because I'm over here. My, I got my big old man T-shirt on, and most of the time it's just jeans. That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like the audience, though, and, and my, my perspective, that women can be 
this child is going to be in my Please. next set. That's, that's okay. We're, we're going to wrap it up soon anyway. And we'll let him, let him, let him be, let him be a child. Let him have his, his spirit. Uh, but do you feel like the audience, uh, women in the audience can be tougher on women comedians than, than men? Um, I think I've gotten a little bit of everything. Um, most of the time when it's a female in the audience, a lot of times I end up flirting with them more than, than the men. Because I'm just, I'm sorry they 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 went the whole nine yards to come to a comedy show and they are looking fly. I'm like shit. I'll take your wife. Right. I don't care. Now let, let's get to that with Walt because uh, I I got into a discussion with some comedians about who gets more ladies. The man, uh, uh, comedians or musicians, and I always said comedians. Comedians have uh, have look at Pete Davidson right now. They're working solo. Uh, A a musician is even singers in front of a band. Now singers are up front, and I get it, but I think comedians have the the inside track to the ladies. What what's your take on that? I think my child's a killer. Me being a comedian like myself, I think I would agree that it is comedians that get more. <laughs> You're witnessing why. an attempted murder. <laughs> hey, just turn off your camera. We don't want to see that. We don't want to have be witnessed. We don't want to know nothing. We had a witness. <laughs> no, but uh, I think um, it's hidden that comedians do get a lot of action because, I mean, we are something to look at sometimes. <laughs> I hear you. Especially with that hat and those glasses. You are styling, my friend. I, hey, I, man, I, I love I you. Like, best, brother. If you what? dress your best, you feel your best, you look your best, you will do your best. You feel yeah. me? I think I think Keely's back there uh, giving, a, giving a young man a uh, stern talking to. There we go. A stern talking to a little disciplined <laughs> I hope so. Well, Keely, listen. Keely, did you kill him? I got him. He's got him. You got killing his name. So I'm a dog. I didn't hear that. We, we no, we did not. We did not. We did it. It's all, all good. Well, uh, I appreciate both of you being here and getting to know you. Listen, uh, Walt, you're welcome back anytime. We'll, we'll, you can come back uh, as a guest anytime you want. Uh, we just let me know and we'll, we'll book you back on. I think you're a pleasure to talk to. Uh, and thank you for being here today. Sir, I thank you for allowing me on your platform. Uh, Killer Keely, kick ass on this road, baby. You hear me? You too. Don't let nothing stop you. You All too, right? too. That, like y'all been saying the whole time, that separate the great ones for the ones that was never meant to do it. Right. And one more last time, you can find your guy, comedian Uncle Walt, at South in the City. Holly Brenda <laughs> Brown, she tell you more. Well, we stay, you, stay, stay in touch, stay and in touch we, will, we will do we'll our do best we will do our best to c- continue to promote anything you have. And if even if you're not on the show, please don't be shy about say, you know, dropping me a line, say, Doug, you mind uh, promoting this? I got this coming up this week. Or, you know, I want to let people know, and I'll be happy to do that for you. So That means the world to me, sir. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you again. Be well, my friend, and much success be to well. you. Bye. Uh, Uncle Walt, Keely, you're on the wrong side. Get on the right side. There you are. Um, <laughs> That's the only side I'm on. So, did you enjoy this um, stint as a uh, guest co-host? Uh, just being on a podcast was super awesome. I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to get on a podcast. I don't know for how long. I was like, 
I got my steps that I wanted to take and uh, you definitely checked off one of the bucket list items. So thank well, you so much. Thank, thank you. I appreciate that. And you will be welcome back, at, whether as a guest or a uh, guest co-host uh, too. So I will, I will put that out there for you. Um, and maybe uh, as, cause my, my co-host, I don't know. I'm not sure she's ever coming back. Uh, she's on sabbatical for five weeks. So almost every day for the next five weeks, I'll have a different co-host. But uh, if even if you want to come back as a guest during that period, and then at the end of that period, when I find out she's not coming back, we're probably going to make a decision on who was best and who we had most fun with. Uh, I enjoyed you being here today. I enjoyed your banter. I, I enjoyed you being present. I know it's really early for you, and I apologize for that. But uh, uh, No other... worries. Yep, that was my wake-up call. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you're an inspiration, and I again, I'm just going to – and I'm not just, you know, being – falsely complimentary here i think you're on the right track i think you're uh you've got the right attitude the right philosophy the right energy right determination for this i expect to see you become a major success in in, in your passion and your goals in comedy and look forward to watching as you become a star and then you can when it happens you can all say it was all because of mind though i will I'll, I'll make sure he put me on that that podcast at one time. That's why I'm here now. <laughs> well, we'll keep in touch and we'll we'll continue to follow you. Thanks for for coming and uh, yes. send me those dates you have because I will put them on the, uh, in, in the description so people can follow you and then of course. Show the show. Oh my cool. god! Have a great day and wish that young man. What did you just say? Oh my you. god! For bye for now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! See see you. Bye. Keely Wolf, Killer Keely. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this program. This different, different kind of show today. Uh, a couple of um, young, ambitious comedians, and I did not expect uh, this kind of show, but it, it was fun for me. I hope it was fun for you. Uh, I understand Twitter's back up now, so you can go all go over and play there or on Facebook or wherever you're going to play today. It's been a pleasure having you here today. Tomorrow, Andy Andrews. Will be back with me and the fabulous and uh, beautiful, talented uh, Jess Paul will be my co-host for the day. Look, really looking forward to that one. Got to pick Andy's brain about because I have some ideas, as you know, uh, about uh, doing a late night show. And Andy being uh, having the experience of writing for the Man Show, I definitely want to pick his brain about all the um how that's supposed to work because i have no experience in writing for television and he does he has all the experience so i i'm definitely going to try to it's going to be a different kind of discussion with andy tomorrow of course andy you know i don't have to explain to you people who andy is uh and uh, i'm sure there'll be some great laughs along the way a great friday great friday morning way to kick off your issues with andy day is right here so join me then tomorrow and tonight the big atlantis show dr david edward will be with me on mind dog tv and he's going to explain to me all about uh atlantis found and what really he means by that what he thinks atlantis really was if it was anything at all and i'm going to have some hard questions some skeptical questions but coming to it with an open mind and lots of interest in the subject. So hopefully you'll join me then. Till then, I'm Matt Apple for the uh, Coffee with the Dog show. Have a great rest of your day. Bye for now.